you and I didn't get a lot of sleep. We've established that already. What happened to you? What happened after the show was over? Um, so I stared at the wall for a really, really long time because <laughs> I couldn't get my limbs to move because um, I was I decided that I was never watching SVU or OC again. Um, I decided that okay. I hated Elliot Stabler. I decided that my entire life has been a waste because I've devoted it all to EO. Um, I decided that I need mental help and that I, you know, I'm just going to leave Twitter and I'm not going to write again. Okay, and that this podcast okay, is okay, over. Okay. okay. Um, and then you asked me what I did last night. I didn't realize this what, was going to be. I said there was a U-turn. I said there was a U-turn. So then, like, I was, like, quote-unquote chatting with some friends. They were just waiting to see if I was alive Uh that whole time. (laughs) And then when I was – People were doing wellness checks on you. Yep. (laughs) And I was like, all right, I got to go stare at the wall by myself. I feel like you guys are watching me. Oh, my God. Um, So then I was like, bye. And then I stared at the wall by myself. Um. And then when I spent some time with myself, uh, I happened to see the scene uh-huh. on Twitter. So then I watched it over and over again <laughs> until the daylight. I saw everything written on their faces about how much they love each other. And I understand that, you know, this is part of this very slow and painful journey. And so I recovered and then started on this path back mm-hmm. toward um, still being an EO stand and acting the exact same way I did 24 hours ago. Okay, um, I'm glad. So I'm back. It was a journey. But anyway, what did you do? Like the same thing, but happier. (laughs) I didn't write the letter. I didn't write the letter. I didn't write the letter. In the Catholic justice system. for you cool (laughs) i well and here's the thing i i tend to not try to check i mean i did last night but i try not to check twitter or my text during the show because i really like to get lost in it but i was thinking the whole way through the show before i checked i was like man the podcast this week is gonna suck because em and i are gonna agree that this is fucking amazing wrong and i was like and i jumped into the 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 text already for like oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god that's not what you found i walked in i was like i was like donald glover on community walking into that room on fire like i walked into a full-blown mental health crisis and you, uh-huh. you were yep. like 10 toes poking over the ledge i don't I had jumped it already. Oh. I, was, I was midair, soaring toward the it rocks below. It was so dark. I do not think I can recall a time where I have heard you sound that <laughs> devastated. <laughs> I was not laughing at any. You were so upset. And you and I had already, you and I had already argued this week about explaining feelings. <laughs> You're like, stop making me explain my feelings. (laughs) And so, but I was so like completely taken aback because I didn't understand where you were coming from, but I was afraid to ask. (laughs) So then I was like, well, maybe there's like one other person on Twitter who feels that way. And so I got on Twitter and was assaulted by Ace. Can I just, I just need to read two of our texts to each other. Okay. Me. Well, I'm glad you're happy because it would be a really grumpy podcast if you weren't. You, I feel like I can taste colors. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> that was your response to me saying that. I said I feel like I can taste colors. Yeah. <laughs> Emmy, listen, I was so beside myself. I don't even remember that. <laughs> like, I remember thinking that, but I don't remember sharing that with another human being. <laughs> you did. The worst one possible. I'm like, yeah, I was already down. Thanks for yelling how great it is. Like, um... I was so happy. And you were so upset. (laughs) (laughs) And you were like, what? I thought it would cheer you up more. I'm like, that's not how I work. Like, if you validate me, I'm like, you know what, though? I can have a better perspective. If you fight against me, I'm like, I will stay down here. (laughs) Oh, my God, though. But you (laughs) you were devastated <laughs> I'm glad you think that's hilarious I'm gonna be sick <laughs> if you'd have laughed at me when I was this grumpy yesterday I know well and the thing is I was laughing but I just didn't tell you because I was trying to be nice but I was like man she she's really got a you case. did like do the haha reaction at my text <laughs> I was like, did I? <laughs> yeah. Listen. I'm like, all right, it's not funny to me, but okay. Oh my God, listen. So I was talking to our mutual friend, Katie, and- Let me guess, um, she agreed with you? She was the only other person that I talked to last night that was like, yeah, I, I'm really happy. This is so awesome. Otherwise, right, I would have felt on, absolutely insane. What? Katie, you are the nastiest skank bitch I have Stop. ever Do met. Do not say Do that not- to Katie. <laughs> Just kidding. Just because she doesn't agree with you one time. She never agrees with me. True, true, true. Well, listen, I'm like, I was happy because then I thought, I was like, okay, I'm not crazy. Um, And I couldn't rewatch the episode until 5 a.m., which, by the way, I did stay up to do kind of accidentally. Because here's what happened. I did the thing that you did where I was catatonic. I was just like laying there, but I was vibrating like by an unearthly force that was just like... <gasps> Wow. It will always be you and I. Like I was just like, oh my god, wow. oh my god. So um, you did drugs after that passed, and I kind of came back into my body. Uh huh. I was so tired, and I was like, it's time to go to bed. But then I was like, oh no. Or <laughs> you could rewatch every EO moment in the se- in the series. You did not. I did. Oh, I started it how? season one. <laughs> I didn't watch. Oh my! I didn't watch any. Did you watch full... like scene packs or like? No, I went into Hulu. Oh, oh my god! Hulu, <laughs> yes. I just, I couldn't. I had to. I had to. Oh, so, and I didn't did. listen. I did not watch any any episode. I literally Wait, was like, do you know what a scene pack is? Well, yeah, but I made my own. <laughs> oh wow! So oh, wow. anyway, I did that, and let me tell you, it was worth it. It was worth it. I got three and a half hours of sleep. Worth it. Some of those EO scenes, they hit so different in the context of this letter for me. Well, let me tell you, just watching the one for the bracket this week, Uh so many things hit so differently with this information. In conclusion, don't read too much fanfic, y'all. Stay safe out there. (laughs) In conclusion, Uh don't take lots of drugs like Luyas did when she was watching this. Um, excuse me. I, in, I I know you wanted to be in spirit with Elliot Staples and like chill. You were obviously not able to take in the correct context. First of all, the amount of drugs I do is perfectly normal. <laughs> That's a joke. That's a joke. That's a joke. Um, yeah, it's not normal. I am. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Nobody here thinks you're an addict. Thank you so much. That means the world to me. You mean the world we to me. Anyway, listen, I'm going <laughs> to tune in in 23 years for me and Emmy still just talking to each other. Nothing much has happened, but you're all still listening because that's who we are as a fandom. Where you tell me that in another universe, you and I like, are happy together and we agree on stuff. I'll be like that letter I gave you. Katie wrote it. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> I'll be like, that bitch. She she got your mean girls text and didn't much care for it. And you would be high. That would absolutely, would absolutely yeah. be high. Yep. Here's the thing. We saw the fandom get split down the middle last night. Mm-hmm. And so we happened to fall on either side of that split, just Shockingly. like every other fucking thing we talk about. And so um, great for the podcast, maybe terrible for our mental health, because you and I were just destined to be nemeses is what I think. We were. We were. And yet... I still love you. Okay, anyway, prepare to be very, very wrong. Can I say that one of the first opinions that I've heard repeated is that SVU was shockingly good. I noticed the TV screen saying teleplay by Mm. writers not to be named as opposed to written by writers not to be named, Uh which does mean that the story by someone else was adapted into a script by them. Um, Yeah, well, I mean, because the theory that I have is that they adapted Mariska Hargitay's EO fanfic. Oh, yeah. I think most of the Elliot Stabler returns is that. Every crossover. She's like, here's <laughs> what I wrote on my MacBook Air the other night. Every Can EO you please moment. not screw this up? Yeah. And they're like, no promises. <laughs> he's like, so in this scene, I'm hallucinating and he's like rescuing me. And and she's like, and there are 20 other scenes where we interact and they're like, we'll give you one. <laughs> you can pick one. She's like, okay, the hallucination. That's the one I want. Yeah, that's the one I want. Women in EMT uniform. I did like the SVU episode for the most part. I have a big beef with it, which we'll get to, but I generally enjoyed it. We're just going to set up some broad brushstrokes. We have our villain, definitely looks like a mean Jesus. Mean Jesus attacks, well, we see him attack two women, but we hear about others. He is the very, very worst. And by the way, SVU, you need trigger warnings. It's, it's a lot. Anyway, but you know, what we get in this episode, pros, Parent trap Finn. Finn trying to um, get Olivia to react to... Oh, the way he watched her. Oh I love that. He's such a brat and I love it. We get Rollins crawling out of Creasy's ass long enough to do her job. We get Olivia actually doing way more than Cragen ever did without there being a staff shortage. You know what? You don't have to make everything about your distaste for Cragen. Like, he's not here anymore and I need you to move past it. What am I but a truth teller? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Can you keep the birds from singing? Can you keep the fish from not, swimming? Stop trying to get me to let this Kragen thing go. It's not going to happen. Anyway, okay. other broad brushstroke, Olivia looks fucking amazing. Also, I think the inner beauty of her inner bitch is really coming out in this episode. Right. And that is the first thing we actually need to get into. Mm-hmm. The first interrogation scene with Olivia. Oh my goodness. Season eight bitch is here. First of all, mm-hmm. we got a Mariska style sweetheart, which thank you, Mariska, for giving that to Olivia Benson. We Absolutely. Love you. Then we have Mean Jesus saying, You're a lady, so you wouldn't understand, but some women like it fast and rough. And the fandom collectively screamed, no, everybody in our perception of what we think she's like sexually was like, oh, no, she's really into that. Trust me. Sir, have you been on (laughs) fanfiction.net? 
Sir, do you know at all what you're talking about? We've got a couple AO3 tags you need to peruse before you start flapping your gums again. But here's the thing. I think she agreed with the fandom when she said, this is Gabe. He likes it rough. Absolutely. (laughs) That was her being like, yeah, I do. Yeah. And now I will say some other things I really liked in this episode. I mean, obviously Elliot was in it a little bit and I love all their tension. I'm like, finally, this anger is leaking out of her as it should. When we first see Elliot Stabler in this episode, we got to talk about that. Yeah. Well, first of all, he bursts in in an old school law and order way. You know, yeah. it's like the the style that they have where it'll be like, <laughs> oh my gosh, we finally arrested the guy. We really did a good job. And then Warner's like, not so fast. And then she'll, exactly. just, she'll like, walk the remainder of the 20 feet from them and she'll drop a file on their desk and wreck their shit. Yep. That kind of happened with Elliot when he came in. Olivia's there working, doing her goddamn job. And Elliot's just like, you're not going to like this, which makes me think that he was like around yep. the doorway just waiting for a good cue for him to come in. Yep. And goodness gracious, we get that classic Olivia Benson shook look. The shook look. He's always showing up when he she yeah. is just like given up on him and I just... <sighs> I love him for it and I hate him for it. And I think she does too. It's clever of him to show up in the midst of a major conversation so he can just be like, hey, anyway, buddy. And so she's cool, like, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> I will take you down. Yeah. He'll be like, best friend, say what? She'll be like, what? And he'll be like, okay, good. <laughs> And then he can't keep it together too well because as the person is giving the whole, like, here's what's going on with the case, mm-hmm. he is looking over at her like, so, uh, so good, right? we, we good? You, do you still love me? <laughs> and she's just like, first of all, she is giving him more than I would give him. Watching her. And I was she like, always oh, does. She gives him more than any of us would give I know. Him. I know. I want her to be like a little less vulnerable, but like, I guess her therapy works or whatever. She's like, hey, so you ghosted me again? That's cool. I'm like, yeah, pretend that you don't even know who he is. Stop it. I know exactly. That's what, see, with my general personality and attachment issues, if I were in her shoes, I would be the most polite person to him in the world and also the coldest. I would treat him the way that I treat frenemies at work. Exactly. I will not give you any reason to think you have any power over me. Exactly. That she even remembers his name. I'm like, girl, stop it. There is one moment where I'm like, thank God, because I was expecting the worst from her, which is that she says, how are your kids? Have you been able to see them? And he says, yeah, her face is so in pain Mm -hmm. at that moment. But she doesn't say the thing that we're all thinking. Then you could have fucking seen her. Oh, yeah. And see, I again, I was watching like, bitch, don't ask. Just be like, great seeing you and walk away. I know. I know. It hurt me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Which, though, in terms of the bigger picture of EO, he is terrified of her. Like, she's so important. Right. But there's this constant push and pull in Olivia about how important she is to Elliot. And I love seeing it play out with her. I think Mariska does an amazing job of being someone who knows all these things about this relationship, but also questions all these things and goes back and forth. Uh She is being bold enough to ask these questions because she knows exactly what she's pointing out to him, Mm -hmm. which is that you could have called me if you talked to your kids. And you wouldn't say that if you didn't know that you were important. And yet the fact that she's constantly questioning that and it is hurting her is making her pull back. You know, like she's just going to leave it there. Yeah. Like, wait, fuck. There's the contents of the letter and things to think about. Okay, sorry. Is it alarming to you that we have not disagreed so far? Um, It's alarming. However, I know that that's because we've backtracked to the parts before we <laughs> went flying in opposite directions. Okay, so we're um, circling it. We're circling it. We are circling it, yeah. Okay. This is where we're holding hands, gingerly climbing up this little cliff together. Mm-hmm. like, And, and then, then I'm going to like push you start. straight off it. Yeah, you're going to shove me off the cliff yeah. and go soaring into the sky pretty soon. Yeah, sure. and then I'm going to land on another cliff and dance over your bones. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
just your typical day in our friendship. Exactly. I also, you know, there's a point where Elliot's asked a question and he defers to her. He goes, she's the captain, which I love. I mean, I guess if you're into that sort of thing or whatever. I just <laughs> there was a point where he was in the interrogation room with her and it was before I'm a, I'm a I did have a thought it, yeah they're like What's it's like thought? Elliot and Olivia and mean Jesus in interrogation and the only thing I could think of is like there are too many beards on my screen <laughs> you and you're not appreciating Elliot Stabler's beard it needs to go you it's need not to a take full your opinion beard. and take it away I like beards I cannot stand goatees okay leave him and his hair alone he has one patch of hair and I'm gonna talk about it so there <laughs> and it's a good patch he probably and it's a good hair. it is i mean it's a good thick honest. bunch of brillo hair but it's anyway um what did they say the drapes match the curtains yeah so wait what <laughs> anyway <laughs> sometimes i nod my at you of brillo before hair. i hear I don't know. Or process what you're saying and that was another example of that <laughs> oh my god okay, okay let's listen. not talk about anybody's drapes go ahead beards aside the interrogation scene knocked the wind out of everybody because it's really what we all want to be seeing. I just noticed that the reason I'm waiting for these EO moments is not necessarily that I'm waiting for these intense love moments. I'm just waiting for their fucking interactions. Like, God, yeah. I miss the way that their chemistry plays out in every scenario. When they walk across a hall and they interrogate, when they discuss a case, when they're talking to Craig and like every moment of their interactions is so juicy and good. And so, ugh. This scene was spectacular. This moment between Elliot and Olivia where he leans down and he says, Captain, why don't you leave us boys alone in here? Turn off the camera. You want to get your hands You know, I think I'm good. I'll watch. What is he expecting her answer to be? Because I almost feel like he's on his own play right now and he's expecting mm-hmm. her to be like, okay, have fun and walk out like to intimidate this guy. And she's like, fuck you, Elliot Stabler. Like, <laughs> I think too, it's like a great change because she's like, I am done babysitting you and keeping you from doing stupid things. I also want to do things like this sometimes and you are going to let me. This is not good cop, bad cop anymore, buddy. Bad cop squared. Exactly. (laughs) That's what the next show should be called. (laughs) Law and order, bad cop squared. (laughs) well and i think that we talked about her general bitchiness she is not playing around in this episode remember that line where she's like oh there goes months of counseling i took a breath when she said that in front of people i know intense (laughs) like she's like i will air your shit in front of exactly that anger i am here for it and i think you said before the thing that apparently makes her willing to air out some actual anger Mm -hmm. it's like oh turf war oh yeah it does not matter who you are to a Olivia Benson, she will drop kick Noah if he steps on her case. (laughs) Do not fuck with this woman's work. She takes it real personally. Try me one more time. I've got 23 years of burns for you. Exactly. She's not fucking around. Okay, so here's the thing. So that happens, and then this whole case happens. And then there's this revelation after Mean Jesus disappears that he's been taken by the feds, the organized crime team knew, and that Elliot lied to her. And I was like, here's the thing. And that leads us to get to see this whole conversation about that with Ellie and Olivia, right? Does it? Oh, no, bitch. You're in Warren Late's house. Was that his name? I don't remember. I've got other names to call him if that's not right. Because I'm sick of trying to remember this man's name when he insists on ruining my fucking life. No, but of course he did not. So here's the thing. Wainwright Leach, here's what he does. Instead of giving us Elliot and Olivia resolving the tension that has been building the entire episode, instead of doing that, they go, 
well, we could do that. Or she could just tell Rollins about the conversation. That's just as satisfying, right? It's such an obvious choice to do the conversation that to not do the conversation does feel like he is middle fingers in the air at the whole EO fandom. (laughs) You know, I have to agree. It's either that he's middle fingers in the air to us or the man can't write dialogue. And I've got to tell you, like, (laughs) as a fanfic reader, I will say it's the hardest part that people seem to have. Like, dialogue is tough. I get that. I'm not sure how you get to be a TV writer when you write dialogue. (laughs) I was going to say, yeah, that's really unfortunate since that's his entire uh, fucking job. Yeah, you know who's great at dialogue? Eileen Jacob. Blessed St. Eileen. We are so grateful for her. We'll get there. We'll get there. All right. So anyway, that happened. And then the episode ends. But overall, with that exception. Wait, what about Bernie? No, that's the next episode, isn't it? Hey, cool your jets, man. Sorry. We're getting there. (laughs) (laughs) What about Bernie? (laughs) Bernie! So that's the end of SVU. We get into organized crime. And we first, I was like, I love Reggie. I'm so scared of what I was going to do to him. I was writing that down in my notes. This is literally real time notes. I'm not joking. Why is Reggie adorable? Oh my God. He just bit off a man's ear. He bit a man's ear off, and then he made me look at yeah, it. Yeah, I hated it. I hated it. But you it. know what I will say? What? The guy was bending over with his ear intact in the background right after that. So Just something to work on for the TV makers. <laughs> Can you not ruin the illusion of this wonderful show? Like, do that with... Sorry. You save that shit for SVU. You let <laughs> organized crime have a little bit of, of wiggle room. Okay, there wasn't an ear on that man. Thank no. you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> I don't want you to get mad at me, but I have some I have something to share that isn't strictly on the show, but it's like um, show adjacent. I feel like I'm mad at you already. I don't even know Can what Can I it talk is. for just a second about the awful, awful, awful commercials I had to sit through last night? I, there was one that was traumatizing for me. So Which yes, one was it? It was the Adele song. <gasps> Same. Because I was in my feels so hard and then I'm like, it is. Adele. I'm like, what the fuck am I watching, though? Is this an NFL commercial? Was so upsetting. Who the fuck do you think you are using Adele this way? Don't you dare play Adele and then make me look at Bill Belichick's face. I don't know who that is, but sportses and Adele do not go together. I'm getting real tired of being the only lesbian in this conversation. (laughs) How do you not know who Bill Belichick is? Um, He's the coach of the New England Patriots. He mentored so many award-winning coaches, Nick Saban, and the University uh, of Alabama. Anyway, so did you have other commercials you had feelings about? Oh, thanks for asking. Okay, the other one that I hated was Oikos. Okay. The, the yogurt? yogurt commercial? Yeah. Okay. You know why? Because they took one of the hottest songs like of all time. Well, can I can I tell you? Uh-huh. They took one of the hottest songs of all time, which is Wicked Game by Chris Isaac. Oh. I want to fall in love. Oh. <laughs> I'm ashamed that I know what it is from you doing that. <laughs> Okay, so the yogurt was falling in love with people? Is that what was happening? No, they were trying trying to get me to like want to fuck yogurt. They This is what they said. They said it was like forkable yogurt. Ooh, Do oh, not. Like fuckable. Like fork. Yeah, like yeah, fuckable. Funny, except forkable sorry, and playing a really amazing song. I don't know what you're complaining about. That seems fucking great. I would make that commercial. I just do not want to see any kind of dairy-based snacks around you know like that really amazing song. Okay. So are we done with commercials or? Sure. So an important thing that happened. Ooh, actually, there's this oh, other God, commercial. Uh, and here's no, the thing no, that no, I no, learned. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Please, Sorry. please, please. I didn't move quickly enough. It's just one more. It's just one more. Just quick. Just quick. Tell me. It's the last one. I promise. Just let me tell you about it. Can I just tell you about it? Real quick. All right. You know what I learned is that I have a trigger and that trigger is bears that talk in commercials. Oh, no. And they're talking like they're not bears. And it just, 
it drives me crazy. I and hate when actually, bears talk like they're not bears. That is I really – I, <laughs> I know you're making fun of me, but I agree with you. All and right. there's one part where okay. – So <clears> – <throat> I'm going to tell you about it when we stop recording. So <laughs> I know you are. I believe you. I really do. So an important thing that happened in OC. Oh, is... we're talking about the show again? I thought you were going to talk about the yeah. commercial. Okay. No, I wasn't. Right, go ahead. Shut the fuck up. Okay. Um, <laughs> so um, Bernadette Stabler, <gasps> our beloved, returns to us. She's and boy, back. does she come in with a bang. Well, a slap. Well, here's the thing. She comes in and she shows us her new gig as the duck obesity awareness spokesperson. And just as an actress, I'd like to say that she is correct. So if anyone would like to just rewatch that segment and consider the way that we feed ducks, that would be good. Okay. Well, so she's very passionate about this mission of hers, the crusade to um, help ducks be their best selves, I guess. I don't know. So she slaps a kid that she does not know. Deservedly. Well, Okay. <laughs> That's wow. I do okay. She's <laughs> she strikes a child, which you seem to be a big fan of, and then she goes to jail. And that makes me think that Waylon Leash, this is mm-hmm. why I think he wrote this scene because Bernie is a woman <laughs> struggling with dementia. She looks frail as shit, and she is in jail. Yeah, he's into that. <sighs> but so when she gets out of jail, she says to Belle, What? What do you mean when she says that she's his partner? And I just immediately knew she was talking about Olivia. Mm-hmm. But boy, did she blow me away with her line later. Like, God damn, oh, Eileen. Perfect. The All right. So you want to you talk about it? Just so sorry, your beautiful bride. How is Olivia's funeral? Okay. The choice in writing that was so fucking good, but it leaves so much to be like, Huh. Uh-huh. She only met Olivia Benson one time. What is it about Olivia that set into her mind? How is she connecting this woman she met one time? Yeah. What does she know? She How knows a lot know though. It? Because Kathy talks to her. Or she used to. Right. The look into something that we have never seen is showing itself in that comment. The how much Olivia Benson has been talked about with Bernie Stabler. And I love it. Yeah. Oh, me too. As an actor, Chris Maloney is incredible because he, the look on his face when he just goes, Who's beautiful? And then hugs her is just so, it like impacted me. I feel like the look that he gave her encompassed this horrified vision of Olivia's funeral. Also, the words Olivia's funeral are gut wrenching Mm -hmm. to him. Do you think that for just a second, because he hasn't been texting her, was like, did Olivia die? I think that there's a moment where the words just make him like, wait, 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 wait. you know, like. No, I, I agree. When you're in grief and there are all these moments of like remembering what's true and remembering what's a dream, I'm sure that he's just like a little bit unhinged in his mind. So I think that there was a moment upon hearing the words Olivia's funeral that he had to like go and question reality real quick in every circumstance. Like, you know. Yeah. yeah. And then the grief on his face about the concept. I wonder if in that moment, that's the moment of realizing that she's the person he would have rather not lost. Like, Oh, I feel like he realizes it way before then. You think? Oh yeah. Well, I don't so know. You're, it's, it's okay. You're wrong. We'll get you started. <laughs> hey, can I talk to you about one more thing? There was this commercial for an oh, medication. No, 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 listen, no. See, we're listen. not done with the Bernie. We're okay. not done with Bernie. <sighs> Bernie was home for, no, that's wrong. Elliot Stabler was home four separate times. Mm-hmm. Four times. What's your point? You you can't have this conversation so you tell me about the commercial, can you? I don't, like, okay, I wasn't going to say that, <laughs> but it feels that way. 
Okay, just let okay, me tell you really quick. Just let me time. tell you really quick. There was this commercial for a medication uh-huh. called Ingreza, right. and you know what they said when they were explaining what no, it does? They go, we don't know exactly how it works. <laughs> that was the commercial. They could have left that out, I feel like. I feel like they should have left that out. Maybe you don't make a commercial for a medicine until you know how it works. And I'm done. I'm done. So okay. Bernie. <laughs> so Bernie informs us that Elliot Stabler has been home for times yep. since he abandoned the love of his life. Oh, what? She doesn't say that, but okay. That's what I heard. <laughs> this is more evidence about the type of compartmentalization this man can do, yep. which we learned the depths of that with the fact that he fucking left in the first place. Uh-huh. But him coming back is even more excruciating. He was in her orbit. Like, what if he had run into her? And not only that, like, I am desperate to find out just that maybe he saw her once intentionally, observed her, something, because I cannot bear the idea that Elliot did not even seek out the peace of knowing that she was okay. Like, yeah, here's the thing. I think that you cannot talk about or understand Elliot Stabler's character if you do not look at it through the prism of religion. Do not tell me how to look at Elliot. I yeah, will that's tell true. you how to look at Elliot. <laughs> I think, but I think that's such a huge part and we can get into that more later. But I think that, first of all, I don't think it was his idea to come back. I think Kathy wanted to come back and I don't think it was. that bitch. And so, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of feelings. I can tell. And I hate this, but we're going to disagree on that too. But anyway. Let's go. Show some respect. She is dead. No. She deserves to be. Well, I can't make you. Anyway, so there's this thing where I think that if he came back, he would have, whatever he did or didn't do, I think he would have viewed it as kind of a test of this resolve that he has. And I'm going to talk about that more later, I think. Right. Though I feel like he is the type of person who pushes up against limits and the limit of like seeing her and talking to her is one thing. I would die to find out that he's checked in on her in like this subtle observant way. Like that he had seen some pleasant moment between her and a man. Ooh, ooh. I agree. I think that he would have checked in on her. I even wonder if like he did it once and then it was so painful that he was like, I can't do it again. I can't keep up with her. I have to either be in her life or out of it. I approve of that. Also, four times in 10 years isn't that many. So I can imagine that he's been avoiding it a really lot. Yeah. Yeah. Four times in 10 years is like... Yeah. yeah, like Maureen had four kids and he came home to see them each. <laughs> <laughs> like, but only all at once, not when each one of them was born. <laughs> he says in SVU, a line in SVU when they're talking about being undercover, where he says, it's just nice not to be me for a while. And so that and everything else really shows how much he is running from reality. And I think that's, you know... You can hate how he's doing it. I do, but I I get it. Like, I'm like, okay, he is just not well. (laughs) Yeah, I just hate him in general. So, yeah. Well, okay. But I think there's just like this sense of running from things that that whatever. But in in the OC, what we see. I don't feel like that's in character, though. Like, Elliot Stabler running from stuff hasn't happened in his history. Are you joking? No. I mean, like, at what point in his history do you see him running from anything? When he he left Olivia? (laughs) Are you kidding? (laughs) Okay, I was like, what the? <laughs> I was about to pause yeah. this recording and do a wellness like, check. Uh, I know. I was <laughs> genuinely concerned. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, mm. what I love is like that sets that up, but then you see in um, the OC when he goes and helps it's, with his mom. Oh, that's, oh, buddy, you watched the wrong show again. <laughs> we. We are not watching the OC. I'm really trying not to say. You know say. what? I know that I sent you the details 
<laughs> o S V U and O C. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I forgot to say it wasn't the one with the. So uh-huh. whatever you're about to tell me, it, those are <laughs> Misha's not in this show. This is a different one. <laughs> so there's Misha Barton, and she is nope the yeah, queen wrong, of school. Yeah, that's the wrong one. <laughs> what you say? Okay, yeah. so not the O C. Just OC? No, it's not Law and Order: The Organized Crimes. No, <laughs> don't talk to me. <laughs> it's just organized it's crime. Not... <laughs> you know what they do? They fight all the uh, the organized crime. They uh... exactly. <laughs> anyway, okay. So we watch SVU, then we get to the the then we get to the other show. <laughs> nailed it and um he is in this apartment with his mom surrounded by cats much like you are right now and he's realizing that you know kathleen hasn't checked on her in three months she's fired the nurse and he goes this is not okay that's not okay that was perfect to me because i think it just shows him in a very brief way and you know i love brevity in writing um what uh, no that was to someone else just talking to my cats anyway feels like if you have something to say it's a great time to say it Nah. Okay, okay. Well, he's realizing the cost of his absence. He's realizing that he can't really run. There's no escaping. Right. So um, I really like that. And I did wonder, because the scene hadn't happened yet. I was like, does he just go to Olivia's to be like, oh, my mom's driving me nuts. <laughs> she brought 15 cats to my house. She brought just 15 can't. cats to my house. She deleted all my DVR stuff. She's <laughs> eating all my shit. Like, I can't. <laughs> She's trying to make me make sandcastles. I know. She gets up so early in vacuums. Then, then there's this thing where like all the Italians and the Albanians meet. It always those kinds of scenes always make me want to be a background extra so bad. Just to watch Elliot with a bazooka. I I don't even want to watch Elliot with a. Oh, I do want to watch Elliot with a bazooka. But my thinking was, I, I just my problem is, and this is how my trauma has manifested mm-hmm. itself in just finding the funny thing and I, or the funny thing to me. Um, and I think it just makes me laugh to think of like this really tense conversation standoff thing. And then in the background, it's just like me pulling my Prius into the gas station, blasting Mumford and Sons, like some white nonsense and just be like, oh, is this, am I interrupting something or, oh, a bazooka. Okay. That happens. And my notes just say in all caps, Stabler has a bazooka. Then he gets drugged. I have a flashback to my first trip and then it all happens. And this is where this is where two we paths diverge into a yellow wood, and I take the one that's correct, and you—I don't know what you do, but oh, why don't why don't you go first? Share how you experienced this scene, so then I can shit on what you're saying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> See, <clears throat> Robert Frost and I know. Oh my god! Both paths are correct. Well, I think that I think that Eileen is a fucking genius. Oh I think that so many people with the show are a genius. Ruth Barrett is a fucking genius. Marishka's genius in acting has returned so strongly to me with these. Chris is so evident. Just everybody. Mm-hmm. But the reason that we're on such different sides of the spectrum is because these scenes are intentionally controversial. There is not like a, everyone's supposed to be happy. I guarantee these people yeah. are prepared for half of us to be losing our minds and falling over and throwing a tantrum and half of us to be flying yeah. through the sky because there are different yeah. ways to read this. And the fact that we have all these factions means that we're seeing all sides of this, but God damn. I'm like pulling on boxing gloves. <laughs> All of my muscles ceased. Mm. I was laying on this chair and like my head had fallen limply backwards. I don't know what happened. Okay, well then we're not that different because that happened to me. (laughs) 
But you were like somebody who's high on like Molly and like everything inside your brain is wonderful. Mine was like, I am in hell. (laughs) We were like the two different characters in the Montero music video. (laughs) Yes. I'm going down. You're going up. Yeah. You're like, don't even ask me for a lap dance right now. I'm not in the mood. Not today, Satan. So that was your experience of it. Why? Okay. Let me tell you why. Is it because you read too much fic? Yes. Because you have too high expectations for these characters in the timing. I do have too high of expectations for Elliot Stabler. It's not because I see him as being this pathetic person who says a lot of his feelings. I give him too much credit for his thought life. And I forget that he's just a dumb dude a lot of times. (laughs) And that when when that bitch is like, you know what you should write? This thing that sounds sweet, but it's actually evil. He's like, oh, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, my God. Um. I at first was very frustrated that Elliot would dare give her this letter. Then I pulled myself back and realized that he does not understand the complexities because we women, in using more pieces of our brain at a time, tend to be bigger picture humans. And Mm -hmm. so Kathy has proven herself to be, on numerous occasions, a big picture bitch. Um, So my thought is... Sorry, continue. Let me let me take Kathy out of it for a moment and say, as far as the EO interaction, mm-hmm. I understand that it's more in character for Elliot to not be able to get there outside of this realm. I do still wish that coming toward her had not been him falling off the chair as he was setting his drink down. Okay, that's, but- I'm sorry. I have got to stop you from saying things <laughs> oh, <God>. right now. <laughs> So I'm telling you about my journey downwards, and I'll get to my journey back up, okay? Okay. Wow. Well, I didn't realize this is starting to the (laughs) fucking Canterbury Hills. Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) anyway the other thing that i really had a hard time with is there are a lot of moments in the history of the eo relationship where the writers could have given us more than they did and it wouldn't have done anything to hurt them and you'd mentioned that with svu the phone call we needed it there's one particular moment with this that i would die to have and did not get for no fucking reason and that is the disentangling of their bodies i okay i just i need to understand that is the hard part of this type of interaction you fall together things are intense but when it becomes awkward is when someone swallows or they don't know what to say next or a hand moves and then the other person pulls away because it starts to feel uncomfortable and who pushed who away first and who disentangled themselves and who said what ah you could have given me that It could have ended with Olivia walking out of the door. It did not have to end with the reaching up to her face. His hand didn't even leave her face. Like, you could have given me that. All the other things we can argue about and your point can maybe matter a little bit. But to not be able to see this moment of holding come undone. uh, I just. We needed it. We needed it. We deserved it. We've earned now, see, it. Now here's yeah, where does. here's where I'm going to come in. They have consistently said that it is going to be a journey. Like it's going to be a thing that they have to what, what earned, 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 earned. Journey's over. No, it's not. It's episode two of the season. Like they're not going to resolve a lot of episodes. I mean, it's been 37 years. It's not been 37 years. <laughs> You're not counting correctly. I, anyway, the only reason I know that is because I am 37. <laughs> 
I know you're trying to be like Miss Positivity or whatever because we moved on from Warren Sloot, but Who? listen. Oh, you mean Wolfgang Lee? <laughs> yeah, I got him. Walter <laughs> but can you just acknowledge that you would have liked to see that, how sure, that played out? I would have liked to see it, but I, what I'm saying is... I'm. This I, is the place I come to to have a tantrum about what I want. Okay, then have the tantrum, but guess what? I'm going to have a counter tantrum, and I'm going to tantrum the fuck out of your tantrum. All right, fine. Here's the thing. Yes, your feelings are valid. Absolutely. Because disappointment, I get it. But mm -hmm. here's the thing. What's the thing? I'm going to tell you. Thank you for asking. I think that we as a collective community mm -hmm. read a lot of fic. That's good fic. I, I would never do that. That's not true. You read all the time. <laughs> Yeah, just constantly. Anyway, go ahead. We read a lot of good fic, and the fic always surpasses the show in terms of where it will go. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes that informs our expectations of what actually goes on the show, and it <gasps> all blurs together. That's such an accusation. So I just think it's valid that you feel the way you feel, but I think, and this is, and again, this is mostly anecdotal because there's no way to test it with like a larger group. Like, I don't know who else doesn't read a lot of fic. I used to read a lot of fic. I just, I have not had the time and I'm really trying to get mine finished so that people just don't. Just kill off your characters and you'll be done. That is not. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that your go-to? You know what? You know what? <laughs> Maybe I will. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Yeah. So I think that that can really inform our expectations because we've seen stories by these amazing writers who can make it seem realistic that they, you know, to wherever they get, but they're not the TV writers. And so I think that we're used to like really exploring where that can go. And so we're disappointed when it doesn't, which again is valid. But I think that the reason I escaped unscathed is because I haven't read fic in a while. And so I was just like blown away by that scene in a good way. Yeah. Here's what I loved. And I think that I can get you to love what I love. Okay, give it a try. Without taking away your feelings about what you didn't love. All right, well, if you get into Kathy, it's not going to happen. So okay, let's avoid well, Kathy we'll save that for later because that is okay. going to be an actual bloodbath. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I loved... Elliot is not a very demonstrative person. And so I was like, how is he suddenly just gonna be like, hey, I love you. Like I meant it when I said that. And, and that would kind of lose me a little bit. I would try, but it would lose me. I love that they're like, no, he has to be cognitively compromised. But what I love is the minute his inhibitions went down, where did he go? He went to her house and it was hard to get there because he was walking around like I did at Bonnaroo. Just like, yeah. I don't understand where I am. I know that I should be somewhere. I am, everything's in slow motion like the trees are talking to me it's a whole thing he gets there and it is so hard for him to get there and it's hard for him once he gets there to talk but he is pushing through because he has to say this and so when he when he holds his water like a sippy cup and he's like we never talked it just did something to me in my insides and i was just like And I could not handle it. Yeah. I, at one point, like, thought my body was shutting down because I was like, I can't breathe and my heart is racing. And that's not even getting into the, the real dialogue of it. But oh, anyway, we can get into the letter. Right. We can get into the letter. I mean, true. I, as someone who's been super high before, talking to someone who is super high most of the time, <laughs> I Speaking understand. Of, let me mute my mic for a second. <laughs> I have been in a situation where it took me like four hours to try to make a phone call, which I eventually gave up on. So I did see like what people whoa, were making. Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 Yeah. Did you say four hours? Yeah, but then I gave up. So it probably would have taken a lot longer. It took you four hours to give Listen, up? <clears throat> so basically, <laughs> I really wanted to <laughs> call my friend. That is half a work day, ma'am. I know. I really wanted to call my friend. And it was like 
8 p.m. And I gave up around midnight. And I was like laying in the corner of a room somewhere this entire time. Can you time help me understand when you say yeah. <laughs> trying to call your friend, what did that look like? So we, it was that old flip phone situation. And I had his number memorized. So I'm uh-huh. like, seven, two. <laughs> and then I'd be like, three. <laughs> Damn it. And then I had to erase that. 15 minutes later, I get the X done. And I'm like, seven, <laughs> Two, so I got those three in, and I'm like, "Fuck, damn it!" And I have to like the amount of numbers I had to get right, and that's really. I mean, there was probably a time where my phone like went to sleep while I was in the middle. You know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna die. I just it wasn't gonna happen. And then I would try other methods. I'd be like, "Can I talk to this phone and tell it to call someone?" No, was the answer. Then I would like try to get someone's attention and be like, can you? And they were like, tell me the number. And I was like, seven. Like it just, and then finally they would give my phone back and be like, no, no, I'm not doing this. Oh um, my God. So Four I just. Hours. <laughs> so Such a long time. Of, the thought of how single minded. And like, let me just tell you, my focus on getting that phone call was so single minded. This is not four hours of me hanging out with other people and doing other stuff and trying to call a few times. But that is how I saw Elliot and he accomplished it. His focus was so single minded. Like when you're in that space, your brain has so much time to go over so many things. Oh my God, I know. But I think obviously it's significant that Elliot Stabler, who does not do vulnerability, in his most vulnerable place and not being in control of himself and being drugged goes to her. And the version that's uploaded to Hulu has him yelling, Olivia Benson, open up when he's waiting for her to open. And I loved it so much. Why was it so hot? I just loved it. What he did transcends those terrible, terrible clothes and that weird man cleavage that I know he's hot. You know what? You know what? I know he's hot. I just don't like the male body presented in the that way. The worst part about his cleavage is that her cleavage didn't match. She has less <laughs> cleavage than he does. Like, they're both in these V-necks, and she's got a fucking tank top underneath it. And I'm like, God damn. How do you, you know sleeping? she wasn't sleeping in the tank top, and then she put the sweater on to answer the door? Again, give us the little things. Give us the little things. <laughs> Very entitled white man right now. <laughs> All right, Chad. Let's go. <laughs> All right, mean Jesus. Anyway. All right, mean, <laughs> mean Jesus. Yeah. Well, so so that's that's what I really appreciated about it. And then and then the revelations started coming. Ooh, how you doing on that? Ooh. So number one, when he tells her that Kathy wrote that, I see relief on her face. She's in pain. She's angry that he lied. And she had so convinced herself that he wouldn't lie that she is shocked that Kathy wrote this. But it comes as this relief she never expected. Like, I see this, like, burden. Like, whew. Okay, I can actually agree with you on that. And okay, and I, I went and rewatched it. Okay. I can agree with you on that. Good. So it was probably a decent-sized letter, you know, like a page at least. And she's only saying three lines. There's a lot in there. And as soon as he tells her Kathy wrote this letter, she immediately quotes the line that hurt her a lot. That what we were to each other was never real. And that we got in the way of each other being who and where we needed to be. It's almost like, wait, you didn't write this? Like she immediately says it. And then he says, I was Kathy. In this way that is so like, yeah, I didn't say that. 
But then she quotes another line. And this, this line, again, this one seems even nicer than the other one does. Like, if you're with somebody, I hope that they're this kind, good man. And she's like, did you say this? And he looks down like he's ashamed that he didn't write that. Mm -hmm. But I think she's asking because that hurt her too. Like, that's a, that's a painful line. And Mm -hmm. you know who would know that? Kathy. Okay. Keep it moving. (laughs) But he looks down. He's like, yeah, I don't actually want you to be happy with another man. Mm -hmm. I didn't write that. And then she's like, oh, you didn't write either of these things? Well, wait, did you write this? But in a parallel universe. It will always be you and I. And uh, the fact that he finishes the sentence. I'm not okay. Oh, my God. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And I love also that she's not saying, did you write? Well, what about? She's just saying lines from it. Like, Mm -hmm. they both know this letter so well. Yeah. She's, like, spitting lines like she's Uh Eminem. (laughs) Like, she's just like, what about this? And he's right there with her knowing exactly what lines they are and where they were. Slow as hell, but he's on track. The way he looks up at her and the way he says, I wrote that. I slipped it in there before sealing the envelope. That moment stopped my actual heart. Okay, mine too. But he did write that even that part while she was alive. Slipped it into the envelope, which I'm sure had been sealed since that night. Yep. That he was going to give it to her. It's such a depressing and beautiful and hopeful and terrible thing to say to someone. He is not saying, hey, I love you. What can this be? He is saying the only way that I can get through is believing that there's another universe with us together. And yeah, it just, oh my gosh, it's so painful. I I do feel like a lot of people saw it as this like glorious, wonderful. And in fact, a lot of people are writing, it will always be you and I, it will always be you and I. I'm like, you forgot a very important, <laughs> horrifically depressing first clause of that sentence. It's a little more context. Yeah, which is in a parallel universe. Yeah, that yeah. That is the most painful thing. Right, because the line that isn't said that is behind that line is, and never in this universe. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. It hurts. It, it does hurts. Hurt. It hurts. It's it is. And I think what I love about this entire scene and the revelation of the letter, which um <laughs> I love that it's it's the perfect thing for him to say because I think it's both. I think it is a declaration of love, but it is hopeless. Like it is hopeless love. <laughs> it is like exactly. this will it's- never be requited. And I know that, and I need you to know that I know that. And it makes you wonder what went through his mind in putting that in there. Like, what caused him to be like, I can't do that without writing this one insanely vulnerable truth at the end of yeah. this? Like, I think it's because he knows that whatever the intentions behind that letter are, it's a lie. Like before he adds that line, he doesn't want her to be with anyone else. He doesn't think what they had between them wasn't real. Like he doesn't, that's not what he thinks. And so it's almost like he thinks the greater good is served by writing those lies, but it's like his, just him being who he is, cannot handle not giving her the truth. Right. And I think that him writing that demonstrates that he didn't really understand the full context of the lies because it's so contradictory. It's a caveat that makes you go, wait, what? About literally everything else that was written. But see, the way I interpret those, they're not that contradictory. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 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 Because here's the thing. Tell me why. Okay, I will. I think that when he says things like, well, obviously, Kathy's dictating when he's writing these things down. 
he didn't say Kathy made me. He said right. Kathy helped. Well, he Kathy thought idea this too. would be a good idea to help us ease back into talking to each other. Hey, remember when you were calling her Kaboomthy last week? Yeah, as a joke. That? I mean, that's how she died. That's just that's just funny. Can you just? I would just prefer if you would only refer to her. Look, if I die in an explosion, I want you to find a pun to put in my name to tell everyone that's how I went. Okay. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I think that he is sell- telling her what Kathy dictated to him. But he's not saying that, like, Kathy was like, <laughs> like, yeah, because he didn't admit that part. But see, okay, here's the thing. The only reason, the only reason that that most people do not like Kathy is because she's married to Elliot. There's Disagree. nothing in her character that we have seen. False. What? You know what? I just watched Burn, so. What's wrong with that? You know what? Dude, we'll get to it later. Oh, my God. Damn. Look, I'm just saying that. In my interpretation of Kathy, I mean, she's sad. <laughs> she, she's like alone all the time, unless she's with her kids. But she doesn't seem to be vindictive. I thought that too. I did. Anyways. <laughs> Wait. Okay. Well, why? No, no. Hold on. I'll finish this thought. And then I want to hear what you're saying. What you're right. thinking. <laughs> Listen. Okay. I don't, I don't love the role that Kathy plays, but I don't think I have a reason to assign her such a vindictive motive. And, and, and in the one instance that I could, it still makes sense to me that, and I don't think she's a horrible person. And when, when I first heard that he said that she wrote the letter, I was like, you know what? I hate that, but I respect it. I don't. Cause like if I was married to Elliot Stabler, (laughs) I would be leaving letters all over town. Y'all need to back off. Yeah. Also, she's kind of the OG of like writing something to Olivia and pretending it's from Elliot because that's what Richard Wheatley does when he sends her the O text. And I'm like, this is a real theme. Olivia is very easy to trick. (laughs) God damn it. Clearly. She's like, what? You didn't write that guy I've known for my entire life who would never say these fucking things? (laughs) Kathy motherfucking Stabler of hell, where she now resides. Oh my God. Um... I think, Lord. Listen, I didn't know her before. She had tricked me with her sweet innocence, and now I know what she really is, and that is a shapeshifter demon. I think that Kathy has known even better than Ellie and Olivia have. I mean, of course they've known it, but she's always been the one who's willing to acknowledge it. Well, she has a view from outside, yeah. Right, exactly. So I think even in the fact that she wrote this thing between us is a little bit revealing that it wasn't Elliot. Like, I'm surprised that wasn't shocking to Olivia to read this thing between us, what what was between us wasn't real. Because when has Elliot Stabler ever acknowledged a thing between you, may I ask? Uh, yes, You know, he who would? Uh, how? Um, have you seen the episode Fault? What? Tell me how he acknowledged the thing between us. With words. With words? Well, mm-hmm. if that's the only motive, if we're cutting out all nonverbal communication, then this is going to be Their a little trickier. Their entire life is nonverbal. Exactly. And I have a, a thing about that later with Burned. But yes, exactly. Okay, he, but listen. He, he acknowledges her importance to him. He acknowledges that this is different, that they've chosen each other over the jobs. He acknowledges sure. that there is, a, there is something more that bonds them. He could still be referring. Listen to me. You and I both know. <laughs> we can't say this part, but listen. Um, listen, okay. when two people are in a compromising relationship or one of them is wed, you can say things about what you mean to each other in a way that toes the line. What you don't say is phrases like, what's between us? Kathy, from the outside, has always been able to see 
the elephant in the room and to name it as something that exists between the two of them. So sure. even when she wrote that this thing between us was never real, it seemed much more like something that someone from the outside would say than someone who has never mentioned the thing between us by name. Uh-huh. And so I think she knew that at some point Ellie and Olivia were going to see each other. Maybe they were intending to come back to New York at some point soon. I don't know. They're there. It well, was her idea for them. she knows because it's her idea to go to the awards thing. Right. But I'm saying I think that's her forcing this connection under her terms. Uh-huh. So my thought is they may be coming back there at some point as Eli grows up to eventually settle back into New York. And that's terrifying if you're Kathy. Right. Because you know that these two people are going to somehow meet again. And if you're not in any way controlling that interaction, that's terrifying. And so she's like, you know what? Let me just rip this Band-Aid off and do it exactly how I want. So she's like, let's go to the award ceremony. I'll be there next to you looking beautiful. Let's write this letter together exactly how I want. She set the tone for how these two are going to interact. Whatever she may have told herself about the good she was doing for Elliot, this was a selfish, selfish act Uh to preserve her marriage despite what her husband felt Despite the hurt that it would cause Olivia, she chose these words intentionally to cause pain that benefited her. And I'm not saying that her goal was pain. I'm saying the pain was not important to her in her goal. Well, yeah, because that's my argument. You can't understand these people if you don't account for the very real influence that their religion has on them. I mean, first of all, baseline, you can, and this this is like a heavy quote, but it, it is true. You can absolutely justify anything if you say that it's in the name of God, because all we do is we project our subconscious onto an external deity. And then we're like, well, that's what they want. So I'm just, I'm just following orders. And by the way, I'm not an atheist. I work in a faith, a progressive faith community, but I, I, that's what I believe about religion is it has the tendency to do that to people. And so I think that for their own reasons, due to what I think they've probably both experienced as like trauma in their own lives, they're like, marriage is everything family is everything this is what god wants divorce is not what god wants then they're going to do what they can to live up to this moral code that they've been handed and so the pain that they cause other people doesn't become collateral damage so much as it is almost proof of their devotion to this idea but exactly and that elevates your selfish human desires into some high morality that makes you look good absolutely welcome back to religion talk here with emmy and lucas Sorry, that's my fault. I brought it up. But <laughs> but I but I but that's what I really believe that's the character. That's a lens to the character that we don't look through often enough. Sure, but I like to get to the basis truth. With whatever flowery things you put around yourself to tell you why you did this good and great and selfless thing, she is being a selfish, self-protective person throwing other people's feelings and lives. Okay, under but the if bus you're going herself. to be that black and white about it, then we all do that. Yeah. We all do that Fact. to an extent. We are not talking about the rest of us right now. But, I, but what I'm saying is that doesn't you know make doesn't the rest of us evil Fucking people. Olivia goddamn Benson. Oh my God. Look, someone can do something shitty and not be a shitty person. Well, not in this case. Wow. <laughs> you can't define people by their worst. I mean, you can if they're like well, a serial killer just because that's how we know them. But generally speaking, in relationships, you can't just define somebody by by their terrible you know decisions. I, yes, I can. With Kathy. Uh, well, I mean, it's true. You can't. <laughs> But I just I'm think going that route I that. have a soft spot for Kathy. I do. And do I think it's because she reminds me of Kathy. like army wives. And that's who you I know who I have around. a soft spot with Craigan. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> if you're going to like Kathy, I'm going to like Craigan. <sighs> 
like i know you're saying that just to fuck with me and it's working <laughs> it's absolutely working <laughs> i'm you like my heart rate just went up i was like what <laughs> square up let's do this i'm done <laughs> Okay, listen, I just think it is totally possible that what you're saying is true. And I'm not saying it's not. I think that I think that it's not outside of the realm of possibility or even probability. I'm just saying I tend to have a soft spot for her and I tend to have this idea of her. Yeah, you got to work on that. It is possible that Kathy did a fucked up thing thinking it was ultimately this is better for Olivia. Ultimately, this is better for Elliot. I just hate her so much. (laughs) <laughs> she hurt my baby and you can't do that point and not counterpoint you know what what about this and what about this and what about this okay but i hate her well all right <laughs> you win i've yeah i do <laughs> i mean honestly She's where she like, belongs hate her. like hate her then you know what i mean i'm like yeah that might be true you know what? I just feel like she betrayed me because I saw past some things and I was like, no, she's just dumb. And now I'm like, oh, <laughs> she and Angela Wheatley would be besties. Oh, I do feel like they are two birds of a feather. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, same thing. Mm-hmm. Angela Wheatley justifies what she does because it's in the service of the greater good, getting revenge for her son. She's also like, a demon. You can't just keep calling people demons. Yes, I can. Can I say though, real quick, we all know like Olivia is kind of has this thing for like doing the right thing. Like she's the one who keeps that in check. She's the one who like, oh, blah, 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 blah. she does the right thing with Elliot here in this scene in that she eventually ends their encounter because he is high. He's not himself. When I tell you that I <laughs> would not have done that. And what I'm about to say is ethically <laughs> is, well, when I tell you I would have sat my ass down on the couch and started writing that shit down, be like, <laughs> I will go back 23 years. Like, why don't you tell me more about why your wife couldn't keep my name out of her mouth? Uh Uh-huh, (laughs) uh-huh. Tell me, did you actually eat that sandwich when we were like four years partners together because you said you didn't, but I saw the goddamn sauce on your face. I feel like- I'd be like, explain the lack of condom and the conception of Eli. Yeah. (laughs) I would be getting receipts for the ages. Yeah. She's a better person than I am. So I love these episodes. I thought they were great. Thank you, Eileen. Half a thank, thank you, you to old what's his tour and flute. Well, no, I'd say I'm still angry. At thank him. you to whoever the writing credit goes to that you guys teleplayed. <laughs> whoever Thanks. gave you the idea for the teleplay. Whoever gave Walter yeah, LaBeouf the idea for Marisha. the teleplay. Please, please send them my thanks. Oh, Waldo Lachey and what's her... Well, anyway. Um, yeah, I, I liked it and I'm happy with it. Here's the thing. In conclusion, my dear friends who were super disappointed by last night, I'm so sorry I hate that feeling. I hope that with time you can come to love this scene the way I love it and continue on this journey with us. I'll be honest. I'm pretty sure there most of them are already there. We all have taken this route before. We've been here oh, before. That's that's a really a relief because I've been a little bit scared to go on Twitter because I don't want anyone to talk me out of my bliss. There was a lot of people today being like, anyway, I'm fine now, guys, in case you're wondering. So. <laughs> and by a lot of people, you mean that's what you wrote. All right, it is time for the ultimate EO episode bracket challenge, fight, war, bloodbath, whatever we're going to call it. It is going to be head to head, and I am ready. I am ready. Winner My against body loser. is ready. Mm-hmm. Which episode do you have, Emmy? I have episode 811, Burned, the ultimate EO episode of them all. It turns out this one is actually going to win the bracket because it's the most 
EO episode of all of the EO episodes ever. Okay, you can't say that about every episode you do. Yeah, but I hadn't watched this one yet when I watched the last one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've watched it like 50 or 60 times in my life, but I hadn't watched it recently when I watched the last one, so I didn't remember. I yeah. have episode 8, that's... Philadelphia. And guess what? This one what? is going to come to wreck your shit. It is the it is the winner this week and I'm calling it and I've got oh, I've got receipts, girl. I've got receipts. Disagree. Would you like to go first? Um, I went first last time. No, I did. That's not true. No, you did. Did you just gaslight me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. Wow. <laughs> Burned. Let me begin by setting this up to say this is one month after Danny Beck has exited the premises. Mm-hmm. We've got Olivia Benson in her half up bangs hairstyle looking absolutely fucking gorgeous. Mm-hmm. We've got grumpiness between them that has still not ceased since coming back a month ago. Mm-hmm. This is one of those episodes that has a couple moments people point to as like these sweet moments, but this is actually the fightiest fight episode. I love it the things that i'm going to point to are not just these sweet moments of love between them it's these quintessential fighting tense moments that make them such a powerful force and that make them so very loved by us i would not ship eo without their fights that that's what got me Mm. so right off the bat we have elliot in the middle of uh, divorce drama and we have the victim in the middle of divorce drama with the person she is accusing being her husband. The first moment that Elliot is interacting with these people, Olivia is defensive of the woman and he is kind of like coming at her a bit, questioning her. And so like right off the bat, they're already ready to just blow each other's heads off. But there's also these moments that are so anti-Elliot and Olivia, the way that they can really sting each other and the things that really point out their depths. And it's, it's not fun, but... I just like them. One of the first things that Elliot says in this episode is that like alcoholism is an abuse. And we all know that Olivia's mom was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And then he doubles down on it. Mm-hmm. She's like, I grew up with an alcoholic mother and uh, abuse doesn't have to be physical to cause damage. That's true. But if that's all it takes, it'd be a hell of a lot of families with protection orders and supervised business. And then she just looks down so deflated. It devalues her, but you see her look down in this very like, are you fucking kidding me? There's a moment that I love. There's a moment that I love in this episode. It makes me furious, but I love it. And they find out that the victim who, you know, t- says that her husband raped her, that there's evidence that there was a condom used in the sex that she had. And Elliot says, Doesn't sound like any husband. I'm- <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, Elliot, we know. Trust me. We know you're about to prove how true you think that is. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, Husbands don't have to wrap their dick in anything. His evidence that it wasn't him is that there was a condom present. I'm like, Elliot motherfucking Stabler. They get into that first major argument where they're walking out and they're on either side of the car. And she's like, I think your current situation is clouding your judgment about this. And it's so pointed. Mm-hmm. Like, And then they just get in the car angrily. There's so much not talking yeah they fight the same way that they love each other which is this subtle underhanded there's so much they do not say and they say it all without saying yeah like it's um, almost like they're the only ones who know how to hurt each other that way exactly so then there's this wonderful finn moment because of course finn just comes in they're walking down the hallway arguing about these this relationship where these people are getting a divorce and why they're behaving this way. And Finn just shows up behind and goes, your wife called. Anyway. <laughs> like, I'm like, 
right after that, they launch into I'm the longest relationship you've ever had with a man fight. Whoo. And they're in front of like the entire office just going at it right in each other's faces. Uh-huh. Way too close. And she is just looking absolutely incredibly beautiful also and how did he not just make out with her face i don't know <laughs> but her getting right up in his face saying i don't need to be married to know when an abusive man is escalating Ooh, like yeah. it's so that intense. was brutal yeah yeah it's brutal and so then craigan does this thing where he's like do you two think you can work together anymore or am i gonna have to reassign you <sighs> oh, and they both are just suddenly silent and olivia's like it's fine like <laughs> craigan can i just say this one thing Oh, God. Cragen is the biggest fucking Budinsky I have ever seen in my days. Because here's the thing. A fight to me is where we are going back and forth in a, like, it is a conversation. It's not like I snap, you snap. Cragen gives them each one line and he's like, you two work together. (laughs) Like, like, sir, sometimes there's tension. You need to back off. See, you are like me in that the amount of comfort we have with tension and fighting. We're like, that's not a fight. Nobody killed anyone. Nobody got slammed into a wall. I have the problem of I would give more for a fighting episode than a loving episode. So this episode is glorious to me. You're just saying that because it's your episode. If I had this, if I had burned and you had my episode, you would be saying the exact opposite thing. No, I would fight for it. But those who know me know that a fighting episode is what I live for. I have made a montage of their fighting. Okay. I fucking love their fighting. Yeah, but you listen. So then grumpy, pissed off. Olivia Benson goes and arrests this guy that she has just found out. Oh, I was right. And Elliot just stands back and she goes to arrest him. And he doesn't immediately, like, turn around to give her his hands. <laughs> so she grabs him and shoves him against she the does. wall and, like, wrenches his arms. She does. Yeah, and she looks over at Elliot and goes, Do you have a problem? Just nice to see someone else with an anger issue. Honestly, he's just watching her and he's enjoying yeah. it. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. And I think I don't, she's looking at him. I don't feel like that was the vibe, but all right. So good. All right, I all right, all right, all right. Move on. So then... There is this moment in the interrogation room with that same man that she's just arrested. Elliot's still under the impression that he hasn't done much. And then he starts admitting to having done all this stuff except the very last thing. And Elliot softens so hard and just starts talking to her instead of him. They're just having this whole on eye conversation. Everything changes when he realizes he was wrong. Uh And I absolutely love it. But then of course it switches right back because then she finds out she was wrong about something too. And he's like, Oh, I'm back. As soon as either one of them has a leg to stand on about the other being wrong. They're like throwing fists. I knew it. Exactly. He's like a little bit soft in the interrogation room. He's almost acting like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was always a possibility in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm." And then a second later, he's there going. Well, a statement with this many red flags, no good cop would overlook. This is the moment. This is the best moment in the episode for me. She stands up from where she is to get right in his face and goes. Especially not one with a dying marriage and a history of violence. Before, when she had said the other thing, it was like, oh, you could think she was talking about the perp. Mm -hmm. This is like, I am talking about you. The last time he kind of like smirks at her after she walks away. This time they do a full-on stare down. Yep. So then, of course, immediately after that moment, she's like cooling off as he finally breaks the stare down. What do you know? The phone rings. And we got the demon from the south. Stop. The demon from the, the south? I'm sorry. Hell. Where do you like, think I'm, hell is? I mean hell in the south. The south? Um, <laughs> the south demon. I live in the south. I know that south isn't down. Okay, I'm sorry. The demon from the core of the Thank earth. Thank you. Well, um, wait. <laughs> 
Wait. Do not get into a biblical conversation my... about the location of hell with me. I just want to be Do clear. Not. I just want to be clear. No. I just want to be clear. My pushback to you saying in the South was not that I thought you got the geographic location of hell wrong. It's that hell would be like, if it existed, which it doesn't, would be like a different plane. I didn't think, I didn't think you had the address wrong. <laughs> you know what? You don't know about hell and I don't know about I just hell. So you shut the fuck up. corrected to another place. <laughs> anyway, oh man, that got me. So then the devil calls. <clears throat> and here's another moment where watching it this time, I was like, you bitch. When she says what happened to the stunner. All right. Why is that? Why is that? No. Why? What is this reaction you're having? First of all, delineating between Elliot Stabler's two partners by calling one of them the stunner. False. That's a Danny. The stunner is sitting next to you. Why are you? What? Who cares? I am furious. You do love Danny Beck famously. I don't know that you understand. Excuse me? Oh, I just assumed because that's the only reason you'd be reacting this way. Go ahead. No, what I'm saying is defining Elliot's two partners by calling one of them the stunner and that person not being Olivia Benson is fucking ridiculous. What was she supposed to say? Listen to me. Telling Elliot's current partner that he loves, calling the last partner that he just had that replaced her, calling her the stunner. What? I do not see. Do you know what the stunner means? Maybe I don't. Like the super hot person. Oh, then yeah, I do. I still don't get what you're saying. Are you saying that because Kathy pointed out that Elliot's temporary partner was attractive, that that was somehow a shot at Olivia? Yes. Oh, then I don't. I don't agree with that. Did you? Is that? So I win. All right. So the fact that she chooses to call Danny Beck the stunner when talking to Olivia Benson is deeply offensive to me. Because number one, if you're going to talk about his two partners, you're going to call one the stunner. The stunner is Olivia Benson. Don't fucking well, call Danny Beck but, the well, stunner. Well, could, she, no. She, but, okay. No. No. Do not. Okay. Care. I have a genuine question. It's not, it's not asking you to explain. What should she have said? <laughs> What happened to Danny? What happened to that other bit? It's like, of the two of you, one of you is the stunner. So if I said, what happened to the stunner? You were clearly talking about Danny Beck. I read that as such a moment of almost commiserating. You know what, though? I think that she is, quote unquote, commiserating in her own evil, manipulative way. When she says, it makes me feel better to know that you didn't like her either. I'm like, don't try to weasel your little motherfucker. Oh, see, I read that as sincere. Oh, I used to. Kathy has no care for Olivia. She only has negative feelings for her. And then Olivia's like, what do you want? Like, she's not down for that. I'm glad you didn't like her, too. Uh-huh. She's like, and? And then she's like, Olivia, do you know how hard my life has been because of you? <laughs> and then Olivia's wow. also like, yeah, whatever about that. And then she's like, anyway, you're his partner and he cares for you. Give him stability. Like, she just went through four versions of how to get this person on her side. And I just hate You are her. such a fucking Scorpio. <laughs> I was like, oh, they were <laughs> great conversation. You're like, that's so, you would probably see, you would get the letter that she got and be like, that's really nice of him to say. <laughs> then this other moment that I, I just love what a dick both of them are. <laughs> Olivia with her mocking and her smirks and her bitchiness uh-huh. and Elliot with, oh, like this moment when after that, they've had all this tense fighting. She, she sits down at her desk the next morning. He goes, good morning. Hi. I'm on hold. Do you 
find anything uh, surprising about our victim? You know, I was surprised to find out about Valerie's boyfriend that you forgot to tell us it's about. so, like, he literally just was like, good morning, just so he could say this. <laughs> then, of course, of course, of course, as soon as he's, like, humble at all, and, like, you were right, I shouldn't have done this if I had, she's all, no, 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 it's my fault, too. You know, don't even say that. You know what I mean? Like, they can't for a second deal with the other person actually feeling bad without immediately taking on the responsibility. Mm -hmm. There's a line that I love for some reason. It's just like one of my favorite EO random lines, which is... Is that a flower in your cup? And then Elliot says this thing, actually, and this is personal to me. He says, when love warps into hate, there's nothing you won't do. Mm -hmm. The first story I ever wrote is called Nothing You Won't Do. Mm -hmm. And it's from this line. And in the end, it was about something horrible that, like, Kathy did. Because mm -hmm. when love warps into hate, there's nothing you won't do. Wow. So you've um, had it out for Kathy from, like, the jump. Yeah, yeah, pretty okay. much. It ends with him being a little bit vulnerable here, saying that he needs to be able to disagree mm -hmm. without it costing their relationship. And then she says, Well, like you said... You're the longest relationship that I've ever had with a man. Who else would put up with me? This is one of the moments that has always irked me. Her saying in a very self-deprecating way, like you said, you're the longest relationship I've ever had. Who else would put up with me? People point this out as like this sweet moment with him. And I'm like, she looks like she's about to cry. Mm -hmm. Does everyone not see that? And he just stares at her with no response because... It's awkwardly true. Mm -hmm. And like he said something mean and true to her. He like, also can't be like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so I feel like even though there's this coming together that's happening right here, there's still a lot of like, I'm still angry. I'm, these are still tense times. There cannot be an EO without this tension. What we see them as is defined by these tense moments as much as it is by the sweet moments. A lot of times more of their truths come out in these moments than they do in the others. We see like the chemistry that they have in this way. Their physical closeness is the same as it is when they're good. You do not have these type of feelings for someone that you don't have the other type of feelings for. It's a double-edged sword and this is the other side. And I think Burned is like the best version of that other side of the sword that we pay less attention to. And that is why I think it should move forward on the bride. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that is <laughs> adorable. <laughs> Here's the thing. Burned is a solid, amazing episode. It is, I know. honestly, it's, it's a shame that it's going to lose in the first round. I love it so, 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 so much. It's also not as good as my episode in terms of EO. Okay. And so that's why I'm going to have to apologetically inform you that you have lost. <laughs> <laughs> let's go ahead and try to make an argument first. Okay? Oh, I don't need to try, but let's do it. First of all, here's the thing with this episode. This is the significance. Oh, we're actually out of time. So anyway. That's not how this and works. And on. you know that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, here's the significance of this episode. We've already known that EO would do the difficult thing for each other. This episode establishes that they would do the wrong thing for each other. Because guess what? There are six different occasions in this episode where they cover each other's ass. And not just in a way that is, oh, this is going to spare us an uncomfortable conversation. In a way that's like, this could end my career. This could get Olivia put in jail. There are real stakes here. And they are choosing to cover each other's ass in a way that could really come back to bite them. That's a pretty significant jump, especially since, in general, these are two people who 
seem to always be doing or trying to do the upstanding thing according to their own moral code. So there's that. That's a big deal to me. And again, it happens all throughout the episode. And guess what? We also have fucking Rebecca Hendricks without her bangs, which is a big improvement. So I think that should bump us up a couple points. We open in the episode with, you know, Elliot's in the interview room. The cinematography, the framing of the shot is perfect. It's great. Elliot's kind of like a little bit, he's cordial, but guarded or whatever. But when he hears that question, tell me about Olivia Benson. He goes into this mode that I think is just really interesting. And I, and I love that's not even like the whole thing. We go to Olivia sitting in a car, stalking her brother and he <laughs> is sitting in a car, stalking her. <laughs> I love, I mean, I damn it. What was that? Did you want to sound like you had something? I just love that moment. Yeah. I, I love it so much. Sorry. <laughs> he's, he's staring at her car. He's staring at the back of her head for God knows how long. And then, you know, she gets out, the cops come, he jumps out of that car with the quickness. He, exactly. <laughs> he has the reflexes of a panther whenever someone is inconveniencing her. And so he covers for her with the cops. He lets her lie and doesn't contradict her. You can tell he's reacting to it, but he's like, uh, yeah, they get in the car and... What are you doing here? I shouldn't stop you from doing something really stupid. Well, you find your brother, but that's not enough. You gotta stalk this him. This is none of your business. Yeah, it is. We're partners. Dude, and that line mm-hmm. has made it into the canon of every fic that exists. Well, yeah. I mean, it is significant. Yeah, I just mean, like, it defined, like, us having Elliot cross boundaries into her personal mm-hmm. life. I mean, like, I'm your partner. I'm supposed yep. to. Is literally our life. Yeah, for sure. And then she goes, not on this. This is personal. And his face, he takes, it's like a blow, but he doesn't leave. (laughs) It just cuts to him in the station being interrogated like, God damn it, Olivia. Oh, by the way, this casual wardrobe he sports in this episode, this is the casual Elliot I can get behind. Of course, you love it. I love it. I love it. Is he wearing like dad? No, (laughs) no. In fact, he actually has like a Henley with a little bit of chest showing, but it's like not a disgusting amount. (laughs) It's just right. Ta- uh, anyway, look, I like my men to have a little mystery. Oh my God. <laughs> and then he, they get busted by Craigan and they're risking their career and their pension. He's like standing there, not even blinking. Whatever she says, he's going to back up. Later on, they have the car conversation. He pushes again. Who's that up? Yeah. You get anything? I know it's none of my business. Liv, what is it? Tell me. I just saw such an echo of this and I need you to let me in. There's this theme to the way he interacts with her where he is the one reaching out. He is the one, you know, They and they do it to each other, but he does it in a way that usually borders on like a much more personal bid for connection. I see so many similar themes or motifs or whatever you want to call it in this conversation and the conversation they had last night, because the let me in to the tell me you can see like on his face. And again, I told you, I watched every EO moment again, and this is what I caught his face when she says last night, watching him in that window, playing with that little boy. I wanted to be part of a family. So much. I've been alone my whole life. His face screams parallel universe. And he's thinking of that parallel universe. Stop. That hurts. I know. 
And then, of course, there is the neck squeeze. The caress of her neck that he gives. And she doesn't even seem to know what to do with it. She doesn't move. And I think it's one of those things where you're so used to not touching each other that when someone actually does it, you like don't want to scare them away. (laughs) So you just kind uh of freeze. uh That whole exchange there. It is so sad and so tender. It's just... Oh, knife to the gut. Especially as the person who's supposed to be with her. And like you said, in light of what we've just, yeah. you know, like, yeah, but in a parallel universe, like you and I are together. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. And then it shifts into work mode. And by the way, I think Elliot running the op and giving directions is really hot. Also, I'll say the shirt she was wearing in the early uh, stages of this episode, her cleavage has a guest starring role. Like that cleavage had its own trailer. Dude. Also, Olivia on the phone ignoring Elliot while talking is me on the phone in every single drive through I identified with her very strongly for that. Anyway, my whole point is, again, six different times EO covers for each other in this episode. After they mess up the op and another man is attacked, another man is raped. Cragen is for once doing his job in an appropriate manner. And he is like, what happened last night? Well, I think the perps realized they were being followed and changed direction. You had four cars. Somebody should have stayed on their tail. I gave Olivia unclear directions. Is that true? It was my fault. I misheard Elliot. That's all. Cragen knows exactly what the hell is happening, and so he's just like... What I love is in these moments, Elliot is ready to square up when Cragen criticizes Olivia. Captain, there's only four of us, all of Central Park. Mistakes can happen. Yeah, if your heads are so far up your asses, you can't tell east from west. Okay, you got a problem with us, just say it. I listened to the radio tapes. It was amateur night out there. Well, maybe you need a new squad. Maybe I need detectives who care about the job. Now you're questioning our commitment? I will say Finn has a great line in my episode, too, because he walks in while they're getting reamed, and (laughs) and Cragen's like... Where the hell have you been? It's a bad time. Where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes back to Elliot in the interview. And by the way, Bernie Stabler once said that she knows when he's lying because he squints. He is squinting for Jesus in this interview. And then he goes over to her apartment just to chill. And he's so soft. I didn't see it as chilling. I saw it more as watching. But yeah. Well, yeah. But I mean, ostensibly chilling. Like he's he's coming over and he's like, I thought you could use some company. I think that's significant because we don't see a lot of that. Him actually coming over just to sit. Then it goes back to Olivia's interview and she straight up bounces because Rebecca Hendricks asks her a question she doesn't like. If you had to choose between saving your partner and saving a member of the public, which would you do? Olivia? I'm done. Basically, what I'm saying is we see that they're willing to do the wrong thing for each other. We see all of these soft moments. We also see, you know, you like tension. This episode has it all. It has it all, but does it have the best of each? Okay, but let me tell you, at the end, Ellie gets a phone call. River Park PD went to pick up Marsden. He jumped bail. Does a girlfriend know anything? No. Do you? What are you saying, Elliot? Your family, aren't you?
I would never interfere with an investigation. Never. And screw you for saying that. The instant she says, and screw you for saying that, his entire demeanor just shifts and he is like desperate. Look, I'm sorry, but I had to ask. And the thing is, by the way, he only fucking apologizes to Olivia or to people Olivia tells him to apologize to. Very like, true. He does not bother otherwise. They're having this moment and I, I'm like, there's part of me that's like, oh man, like I want to know what would have happened if Cragen hadn't interrupted, but Cragen does. Thanks for waiting. They get told they're going to be evaluated and then they look at each other and they stand so fucking close and she looks at his mouth and he's, we don't, I mean, we can assume where he's looking and there is mm-hmm. just this sense of like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. They're in it. They're in it together. That's not even enough. We get this kind of official stamp or definition of their relationship by a mental health professional that says they are too close. So I think this episode has everything and it not only has everything, it has it in very significant groundbreaking ways for their relationship. And you do have all of these different emotional notes in there as well. It's one of the most satisfying EO episodes I've ever seen. And that is why it's going to win this week. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see by the way, last week's um, bracket battle was neck and neck. That is not true. That's what I what? remember. I it was pretty. Excuse me. Pretty, you tell the truth right it now. It was really close. Do you want me to say neck and neck when you win? No. Then you tell the truth right now. I lost real bad. <laughs> it was a shellacking. I you think did. the only people who voted for my episode were me were and maybe my mom. Listen, may the best episode win. I hope it's mine. I I think it could be mine. I think I have a shot this week. It's going to be mine. And now it's time for Tweets of the Week. Tweets of the Week. God damn it. It's staying. All right. So I actually have some this week. This is by at P-H-E-O-B Benson. Um, And she says, I guess Kathy did know about Elliot remortgaging the house for love, huh? (laughs) That's a good one. Okay. This one is by at Libstabler1. You're his partner. You give him stability. Star, let me go write a mean girl letter making this woman who saved my son and I feel like she is crazy. Her feelings were crazy and she meant nothing to my husband. (laughs) That's not what happened. uh, I have at, and this is like a real, I just want to shout this person out for getting their at. It's at Elliot Stabler, like the like the real name. You may only hate Elliot if you love Elliot. I do not make the rules. This is straight from the Olivia textbook. A hundred percent accurate. hundred percent. Um, okay. This one is at always be you and I. Huh. That was a change from recently. And it's can you believe bald-faced Catholic guilt Elliot Stabler gave her the letter and now bearded bad boy call me daddy in bed Elliot Stabler is gonna be the one discussing it with her? <laughs> of course you love that one listen i know it's unpopular i don't like the beard you shut up it's fine i support both of you this is from at someday comes ba one ba one elliot and olivia fighting over who is worse at therapy this is so 2021 of them (laughs) okay this one by at livy love l-i-v-v-i-e-l-o-o-v-e just saying being an Elliot Stabler stand is the hardest job I've ever had to do. <laughs> I feel like that's where we all were. Like, this person was where I was last night. Like, God damn it, I can't take this anymore. 
Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Meanwhile, I was like diving into a bed of rose petals. All right. This one is from at Margulies. Kathy tried to gaslight and her gas got lighted. See what happens when you mess with the natural order. That is EO. There it is. I saw so many good ones yeah. about gaslighting and gas. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. This one is by at Sharpwind times Bensler. Let me explain. Okay. Yeah. Start with the 10 years of silence, I guess. <laughs> All right, this one is from at underscore zero four one zero zero zero. In a parallel universe, I would have never shipped EO and be a pro- I would be a productive member of society. Ooh, I saw one that was in a parallel universe. I would have an ounce of sanity left. <laughs> and I was like, yep, we're all doing parallel universes. Nice. That was a story of a girl again. I had one joke that I made last night that I was really proud of and all of the others were garbage. And I felt like, but here's the thing. Of course you made jokes last night. I was in the most emo space. I was flying high. Like, yeah, here's my last one. Oh yeah, go ahead. This one is by at Detective Staves. Mm -hmm. And it says, as at Wild Mind EO would say, the letter was breathed by Kathy, but written by Elliot. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Oh my God. So um, Emmy has, uh, is allowing me to pick out a song to dedicate to uh, some, someone very special. And that's someone very special is the Fandium. And the song is Three Little Birds by Bob Marley and the Whalers. So until next week. We're done done. <sighs> nope, that was it. <laughs> it's not the name of the podcast. <laughs> we are so done done. Yes, we were blown away by how many people are listening to this podcast. <laughs> That's so true. Make them feel better. Yeah, I think that what it we're is. even worse than they are, or yeah. it might be that we're brilliant. I think it's the first one. I think we make people feel better about being who they are because we are garbage. That's <clears throat> garbage. I'm gonna have to agree with you there. Thank you so much. Every little thing gonna be alright.